Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are in the middle of an amazing series on the book of Genesis. If you missed any in this series, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. You can watch the entire series coming up to today's program. I know that you'll be blessed and we're excited you're with us today. Welcome to the team. Amen. What a great series on the book of Genesis. Amen. And I'm excited because Stephanie's going to be leading our study today. In fact, there's something very special about this series. We are having it entirely by our team members teaching. So I get to sit on the stool and be part of the discussion. But our goal is to inspire you. You say, Derek, I've been thinking about starting a class. Could I download, this, download the same outline that, that Stephanie will be using today that we use in our class? And the answer is absolutely. Start a class. We'd love to see thousands of new in-depth interactive Bible studies. So we're doing something special for this series on Genesis. We hope it will be a blessing and an inspiration to you. I want to welcome not only the team here in, this, in the studio, but I want to welcome a few of our remote team members joining us. Shana, joining us from Maine. Always good to see you, Shana. And Rodney's joining us from Toronto. Rodney, always good to have you too. You know, the remotes gives us the capacity to bring people in from far away. So we're glad you're with us today. Before we pray or sing or anything, though, we have a special gift in this series. You say, Derek, I've already got my copy. <laughs> you can go to hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift button in the middle of the screen and get a digital copy of the amazing book, Patriarchs and Prophets. It's available in more than 20 languages or in an audio version absolutely free to you as our Hope Sabbath School members. So if you haven't got it yet, the first 21 chapters of this amazing book deal with Genesis, which we're studying together. There's 52 more chapters that take you all the way to King David, an amazing resource. I hope you'll take advantage of it. We're always happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members, not just our team here, but our media team as well. We're inspired to hear how God's blessing your life through a study of His Word. David, thanks for writing to us from Australia. He says, because of restrictions during the coronavirus, my wife and I do not attend church. So we watch Your Hope Sabbath School on TV or on the computer. Amen. It's awesome, right? Yeah. The testimonies are very encouraging and give us hope. So if you're thinking, as Stephanie's teaching today, I have a testimony, Nisha. I have a testimony, Jason. Yes. Share it Amen. with the Holy Spirit's blessing. It blesses David and his wife. Surrendering fully to God, David writes very candidly, is a challenge for me. Amen. Thanks be to God for this broadcast regards David. Amen? Amen. Well, we're praying as we study today, David and, and your wife there in Queensland, that uh, you'll be blessed and will all be more fully surrendered to God. Mark writes to us from Texas in uh, the United States of America, and he says, Greetings from San Antonio, Texas. Let's give him a wave. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the work by all in producing Hope Sabbath School. My wife, Norma, and I are members of a church in San Antonio, Texas. Amen. <laughs> well, thanks for writing to us, Mark, from Texas, here in the United States. We're glad you're part, along with your wife, of our Hope Sabbath School family. Here is a handwritten note. I always like getting these <laughs> handwritten notes. It's from a donor in Virginia. My heart 
has been blessed and my life has been changed through Hope Sabbath School. Amen. Amen. Wow. Praise God. May this donation help to change others for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Keep up the good work of salvation. God bless you all. And a gift of $420. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, donor from Virginia, and for being part of the great miracle. And thanks to each one of you. You say, Derek, I want to be part of this miracle, part of this impact movement. You can go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the donate button, or you can go directly to hopetv.org slash donate. Be part of the miracle and thank you. Mm. Well, Derek, <laughs> ah, Derek writes to us, he's a Kenyan, I like that name, from <laughs> Somalia. He's in Somalia. He says, I'm currently working in Mogadishu, Somalia, where there is little Christianity, but I keep watching and worshiping God online. Amen. I watch Hope Sabbath School every Sabbath morning, thanks to technology. I'm sincerely blessed by your teachings over the whole period of about six months that I've been watching. I believe that through these teachings, I will be able to bring souls to Jesus as part of His great uh, mission. Amen. It's yes. not just about us, is it? No. It's about sharing God's love with the world. And uh, Derek concludes, I want to be part of this team and miracle for Jesus. Well, I want to say, Derek, you are part of this team. I know we have the same name. But, uh, but where you are, you're reaching out in Mogadishu in ways that we couldn't, right? Oh, exactly. So thanks so much for writing to us. I see Rodney smiling. And, you know, we're part of a great miracle, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And here's one last note from Robert in Zambia. Do I keep saying there's a lot of people <laughs> writing to us from Zambia? Yeah. God is doing a great work there, Amen. by the way. Hope Channel Zambia, wow. they're seeing literally tens of thousands of people making commitments to Christ. Wow. So it's really exciting. And this is Robert writing from Zambia. And he says, I'm sending warm regards to all members of the Hope Sabbath School on this wonderful channel. Shall we give him a wave? This is Robert. <laughs> He says, you are a blessing in my life. Amen. I started watching Hope Sabbath School in 2016. Mm -hmm. You may not know it, but this program is used by God to change many lives. Amen. It's my prayer that the living God will bless you as you labor in His work. Well, Robert, thanks for taking the time to write to us. We're just so excited, even today, to see what God will do. But before Stephanie leads us in prayer and in a great study on the promise, mm -hmm. we want to invite you to sing our song with us. It's from Psalm 47. I love it. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He's a great King over all the earth. Let's sing together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is a great King over all the earth. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is a great King over all the earth. For God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet Sing praises to God, sing praises 
praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples, shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is a great King over all the earth. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with understanding, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples, shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is a great King over all the earth, He is a great King over all the earth, He is a great King over all the You know, I love that. That's written by the sons of Korah, but I love their expression. The Lord Most High is awesome. <laughs> and uh, Stephanie, as you lead us in the prayer and study, we'll see how awesome God is today. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and for the promise that you've given us. Lord, I pray that as we walk away from our study today, that we would be energized to know that we can fully trust your promises mm because you are faithful. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Our study is on the promise. So when you hear the word promise, what comes to your mind? Jason. I think of an agreement that has, say, not yet been fulfilled. There's some kind of conditions, and we're still looking forward to the expectation of it. All right, some expectation, not yet fulfilled, but looking forward to it. Sabina? I think of a marriage. I just imagine a ceremony <laughs> and when people, they come together and they share their vows and those agreements that they make with each other in a marriage ceremony. So a commitment, mm -hmm. a promise being a commitment. Yes, Brittany. I think about from God's way of making promises it, that he's giving a word that's guaranteed to be fulfilled. Wow. Yes. All right. So we're seeing this difference between a human promise and a divine promise. Mm. So if we were to look in the New Testament and we see where the word promise is used that refers back to Genesis, we can see in Hebrews, Galatians, and Romans yeah. that that word promise in Greek indicates it's a divine, and I'll read it for you, divine assurance mm. of good or a pledge, yeah. all right? So there's a difference between a divine assurance and a human promise, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What divine assurance did, did God give to Abraham prior to Mount Moriah, which is where we're going to start a study today, but prior mm -hmm. to Mount Moriah, Brittany? I'll give you descendants and land. Mm -hmm. All right, so we see that in Genesis 12. Mm -hmm. And Go I'll ahead. bless you, right? And I will bless, bless you. you. Exactly. Right. And we'll make you a blessing mm -hmm. exactly. to those around you. Yes. Sabina? Yeah, that he was going to make him a great nation and multiply him and mm -hmm. make him a blessing and bless those we're sharing. Very good. Yes, Jason. Yes, that all the world would be blessed because of Abram's children. Something very special was going to happen through Abram's family. Mm -hmm. All right, so along that line, Jason, who was that blessing to come through? It was repeated again in Genesis 17. Jason. His son, his specific child of his own body, and it's referenced specifically his wife, Sarah, Sarah later on. 
All right. Mm -hmm. So it would come through Isaac. Mm -hmm. All right. But, so, but if I may, go ahead. Isaac was not the one through whom the whole world would be blessed, right? No. This lineage, if we read the family tree of Jesus, will yeah. take us all the way to Messiah, yeah. which, which, by the way, was promised in Genesis 3, 15, yes. the seed would crush the serpent's head. So, so I, I guess Abraham is really going, well, God, if this is going to happen, mm -hmm. I, I need an heir. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's part of what he's struggling with, I think. But, mm -hmm. but ultimately, as we'll see in the story, it, the world is not really blessed through Isaac, mm -hmm. but through that line, Messiah will come. That's yes. right. Yes. Thank you for bringing that out. So as we pick up our study today in Genesis chapter 22, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 10 to start with. And Nisha, if you would start our study, prepare for that. Um, we have this foundation that at this point, Isaac has been born. A miraculous birth has taken place, right? Mm -hmm. To Sarah and Abraham. Now something takes place in Genesis chapter 2. Mm. What happens? Go ahead. And Chapters I'll, 22, right. one through 10. verse 1 through 10. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Hmm. What is the meaning of this test? right? This test came from the Lord to Abraham. What was the meaning of that test? Mm -hmm. Harold? Well, when I see this uh, test, I look back at Abraham's prior uh, years mm -hmm. because God already made a promise even before Isaac was born, even before Ishmael was born. But we see that he was relying on his own wisdom to, to fulfill this promise that God had made. That's why he obeyed Sarah's voice. And then they had, um, through Hagar, Ishmael. But now, a few years later, it's like maybe Abraham is so like relying on his own wisdom, perhaps, thinking that, oh, I think the Lord had this plan. But now when God throws this test, it's like, do you really trust me mm -hmm. that I will fulfill what I promised you, even mm -hmm. if it means like to lose Isaac? Mm -hmm. Because maybe he was struggling with trust. Mm -hmm. So testing his faith, maybe. Yes. All right. Rodney. Yes, Stephen, as you said, it is an incredible test of Abraham's faith in God. Because as you started out the context, uh, and as, as Harold just said, 
Sarah and Abram tried to help out God and they had Ishmael with, with you know, Abram had Ishmael with, with Hagar. But then the promised one came, um, the promised son, who is Isaac, from Abraham and Sarah. So now it is now, um, you know, it, God's promise is being fulfilled. It, it, it slowly, slowly, it was a step at a time. And then now God is asking Abraham to sacrifice, which is a human sacrifice, sacrifice the same son that he promised Abraham and Sarah. So this must have been a tremendous uh, test of faith uh, from Abraham to God, because this is the son, God, Abraham must be saying, this is the son that you're, you have promised, but okay, I'm just going to follow you all the way. It's a tremendous test of faith. Yes, definitely a test of faith. Shana? This was also an opportunity for Abraham to have a reference that this is a God that I can trust mm -hmm. because he, he brought me to this test and I believed, I, I said that he would provide and he did. And so moving forward, you know, Abram could always look back at this experience and say, God provided, and I know that he will again. So it wasn't, God already knew what Abraham's response would be, but it was for, for Abraham to say, this is my God and I know him and I trust him because of how he's proved himself, because of how he's worked in the past. Beautiful. Looking at the past, forward to the future. Brittany. I was just going to say, I think God was trying to teach Abraham what he was going to do in the future because there was this promise that a seed would come and it was all pointing forward to Jesus and Abraham's living hundreds of years before Christ and God's trying to give him a picture. This is my heart. I'm willing to give my only son, the one I love, which is how he referenced Isaac mm -hmm. and I'm going to sacrifice him for you. That's how much I love you. As much as hard as it is for you to be willing to give up your son, look what I'm going to do for you. I think he's trying to give him a picture of the plan of salvation that's yet to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you said that it was hard. And I, it, the Bible doesn't fully articulate that this was extremely difficult, all right? But we know that Isaac was very much loved. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, how would that be to know that you had to sacrifice your child, your only son? You know, I'm so thankful. I know we could take the whole time on this one topic, yes. but I'm so thankful for that inspired insight in the book of Hebrews, because it would be easy to just go, well, I guess it wasn't a big challenge for Abraham. You know, he got up early. Um, but, but in the book of Hebrews, the, the, the Lord gave him an insight mm -hmm. because like you said, child sacrifice is forbidden in the scripture. That's right. And he says, well, if God is going to allow Isaac to die, he'll raise him from the dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he believed that the Lord was a miracle working God. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the yeah. only thing that allowed him to put one foot in front of another especially when his son said, Father, we've got all this, but where's the lamb? Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and again, an inspired testimony, not just his wisdom. You know, Yahweh, you the Lord will provide, mm -hmm. which, which like Brittany said, I mean, it's like the plan of salvation it's right, right yes. there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'd like us to actually go to Hebrews, mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll be looking at verses 17 
through 19. And Jason, if you would read that for us, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. It'd be my pleasure. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, verse 18, and of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Mm. And this goes back a little bit to what Rodney was saying about he knew that Isaac, it, the seed was to be blessed through Isaac, right? But now he's supposed to sacrifice Isaac? How is this going to work? I see your hand, Rodney. The other element that, that jumps out at me, Stephanie, is Isaac himself. How many of us on the Hope Sour School team now would gladly, uh, willingly, if your parent says to you, I'm going to sacrifice you today, how many of us would be like, okay, I'm in. Like, <laughs> this, this was also a test for Isaac. Yes. He had confidence and faith in his father to allow his father to actually do this to him. So uh, this story is really, really deep. And we thank God that we see that um, Abraham, Isaac, everyone in the story was faithful to God. And that's the, I'm sure that's a germane uh, thought for us as we, in, in this age, 2022, have, we need to have faith in God as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rodney. And mm -hmm. clearly in the word, it said, by faith, Abraham, he did that, right? By faith, trusting that God would be able to raise up Isaac mm -hmm. because God had promised and God's promises are faithful. Amen. Amen. Nisha. Yes. You know, you asked the question about whether we're not told necessarily that this is this was hard for Abraham. But, you know, the word that it uses both times in the verses and chapters that we're reading is the word tested. Mm. And I think there's the indication as to whether or not this was hard for Abraham, because when God tests, there's a purpose for that test. And it's not an easy test mm -hmm. um, or, or whatever it is that he's testing is is for something. He has taught you lessons and now he's testing you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's an indication of whether or not this was difficult for Abraham mm -hmm. in that it was a test was of a some test. sort. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I like, you know, sometimes you read the Bible and you see something you never saw before. Mm -hmm. But in Hebrews 11, it says Abraham offered, mm -hmm. not almost offered. Mm -hmm. He offered. That's right. Mm -hmm. So it's like he made that decision. Right. And the Lord, of course, we're going to read what the Lord does in verses 11 through 14. But, but that really, it just hit me. He fully surrendered. Yes. 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 Full surrender. Full surrender. Mm. Full surrender. So what, what is a lesson that we can take just from this piece of portion of the test? Jason. Sometimes faith, we have to go not knowing all the answers. Sometimes we step out and we're just like Abraham, Abraham here. We trust that God's taking care of it, even though we don't know what the end's going to look like. Mm. So we need to trust the Lord's promises, mm -hmm. not our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And we're going yeah, yeah. to see this the rest of uh, going through the next few verses. Let's take a look at how the Lord provides. <laughs> In Genesis chapter 22, picking up the the um, story in verse 11 and going through 14. And Brittany, if you would read that for us. 
I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Genesis 22, verses 11 through 14. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Mm. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. <laughs> so how did the Hallelujah. Lord provide for Abraham there on Mount Moriah? And provide for Isaac, by the way, mm -hmm. because I think it was a test for Abraham and Isaac. Yes. He, he provided a substitute offering uh, through the ram. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, no longer did the son need to be sacrificed. There was something else that Abraham could offer up in its place. Mm -hmm. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Does uh, that, that, sound that like had to remind, it wasn't like, oh, and he found a camel caught right. in a tree. <laughs> you know, the, the ram, it must have thought back to, you know, to the Lamb of, of the Lamb, which points forward to the Lamb of God. That's right. Uh, so I, I can only imagine, I'm a parent, two sons, I can only imagine the joy that surged through his heart right. when uh, not only, well, maybe not when the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham, because mm -hmm. he didn't know what he was going to say, but mm -hmm. when, when, when he saw that ram mm -hmm. and, and, and gave the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yireh, the Lord yeah. will provide. It just must have been an incredible moment of joy, which probably we should all experience mm -hmm. when we realize what Jesus has done for us. Right, the plan yeah. of salvation. So from this test, what can we learn about the plan of salvation? <laughs> when you think about that, mm -hmm. if we go to verse uh, 18 in the same chapter, chapter 22, verse 18, and Shana, if you would read that for us. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. What can we learn from that, that verse about the plan of salvation? Jason. That is uh, universal. You know, he said that uh, all nations of the earth should be blessed, you know, not just mm. the immediate family, but all the earth, you know, mm. so his universe was for everybody. Available to everyone. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Nisha. Uh, and we also learn about the key of obedience. Um, and, it, you mm. know, the plan of salvation is for anyone mm -hmm. who obeys and answers the call uh, mm. to my voice. Yes, that obedience that is seated in love, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Harold. Well, the plan of salvation is God's work. I mean, all we need to do is just follow his leading. It's not like something that we need to do in order for us, God to save us, except to obey. I mean, he is the one providing the substitute. He is the one providing the blessings. He's providing the Holy Spirit. He's providing everything. We just need to follow the calling. That's all. Accept the gift. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Let's turn to John chapter 8, verse 56, and see what that has to say for us. John chapter 8 and verse 56. And Sabina, would you read that for us? John chapter 8 and verse 56. <laughs> sure. 
and it says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Mm. All right, who is speaking here? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus right? Mm -hmm. So how did Abraham see Jesus' day? Through mm Isaac. He saw the plan of salvation just fold out in his, before him in the, in the, with the ram and the sacrifice, and he saw what was to come, which was the ultimate son being sacrificed um, uh, for our salvation. Beautiful. I just Beautiful. had an epiphany. It may not be By correct. Faith. We may get a lot of emails. <laughs> But I wonder if the Lord gave him a vision on Mount Moriah. Because, you know, Enoch had a vision about Christ coming in glory, right? Pilate's wife had a vision about who Jesus was, and she tried to stop her husband from yes. executing an innocent man. I, I wonder if he actually, what Jesus said, he, he saw my day. That's right. And he was glad yeah. that, that in that moment of revelation, uh, he, he saw more than God will provide. Yes. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see when we yeah. get to, to the kingdom. But, yes. but certainly God is able to do that. Mm -hmm. And Jesus specifically says, He saw my day and, mm -hmm. and rejoiced. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sabina. And I find that he had both perspectives, both God's perspective and humans, the human perspective, mm. because we, as recipients of God's grace and His mercy, we just enjoy, as Herod was saying, the substitution that God provides for us, and it's not hard on us, right? We receive that blessing and the gift. But Abraham, during that event, he also could experience a little, a little glimpse of what it feels like to be God and doing the substitution that he had to fulfill because ultimately he had to give his life for us. There was no substitution coming in. He had to do it. Someone had to do, and it's not us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, in this sense, he saw the full picture also, both mm -hmm. God's side and the human side. Mm -hmm. We have to go to Galatians. Galatians chapter four, and we're going to look at verses four through seven and then 28. And as we're reading these verses, think about what this speaks to us about the plan of salvation. Jason, would you read that for us? The New King James Version says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 and 28, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. <laughs> and verse 28 says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. <laughs> so what does that tell us about the plan of salvation? This is very exciting, isn't it? <laughs> We're talking about the adoption. Mm -hmm. All right. Someone share with me. What, what comes to your mind? Mm -hmm. Brittany. We're children of God. We're, we're not going to have this um, finite life that we just live our lives and we die and we turn to dust, but we actually have hope of a life with God that's eternal. And that's only because of Jesus substituting himself in our place. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he came just at the right time, <laughs> yes. just at the right time. Jason. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about what we read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, when it says the, that, he, that uh, Abraham saw him in a figurative sense. 
You know, that word literally means a parable. So what happened on Mount Moriah was like a parable, it was a teaching lesson. Mm -hmm. It was actually a, a teachable moment, you know, not just for, you know, Abraham and uh, Isaac, but also for us, as we look in Galatians, we see that we can be part of that royal family, mm -hmm. you know, through the, the, the promise. We are Amen. heirs of that, you know, through Christ. So it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a miracle. Yeah, a miracle. <laughs> a miracle. Mm -hmm. Let's turn to John 3.16. I, I don't want to miss this one. John 3.16. <laughs> and it's, it's familiar, but someone may not have heard this before. They may be True. listening for the, and hearing this for the first time. And who would be willing to read that? Nisha, would you read that for us? I'm reading from the New King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oldie but a goodie. Praise God. Mm. Say that again. Uh, oldie but a goodie. <laughs> it's old news, but it's good news. That's right. Good news. Very good Amen. news. Amen. Mm. So let me ask you this. When did you come to fully understand what the plan of salvation meant <laughs> for you personally and what has that done in your life? How has that changed your life? Mm. Mm. Sabina. Stephanie, I grew up um, in a church where we would repeat oftentimes, you know, a type of a, a phrase that speaks to the fact that Jesus, he had taken away the sin from the world. Mm. But for a long time, I couldn't really understand the meaning of that. It was just kind of repeating the words, but not understanding the sacrifice that was required according to the Bible for me to experience salvation. So once I had that realization, once someone told me, taught me to understand the Bible, including this passage here that we just uh, read in John 3.16, I just felt very much loved. <laughs> I had no idea of how uh, wonderful was God's love until I could understand this, this need of a substitutionary atonement, that's how we call it, like of a substitution, and to understand that ultimately, I just need to receive a gift, that I don't need to, I, I give my obedience and my heart to God, but what was needed for salvation, to clear the scene that is in my life, is, is just God is already providing through His mercy and through His grace. So for me, it was really a sense of adoption. I think that's the word that we read here in Hebrews. So being adopted, receiving God's family, and this made me feel welcome. Uh, it's like you have some very good hospitable person having you like in and loving you with all His love, and that's God, the God we serve. Amen. 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 Jason. Well, it had to be, Stephanie, my second baptism. You know, I was baptized three times, you know. Mm -hmm. The second one really got me because the first one was just kind of going through the motions. Like, I just went in the water. I didn't really understand what baptism was about. But as I studied the Word of God, the second one really changed me because I understood that I was dying to my old self like Christ, and then I was being resurrected to new life. And that just did a, a wonder for me because now I can walk in that you know, that newness of life, you know, with him, you know, I'm not doing it by myself. So all the dots started to get connected and I just was liberated, you know, from that fact. Mm. There's something to say about trusting in the Lord's promises mm -hmm. and not our vision or our circumstances. Mm. Are you see, we're seeing a trend, right? Yeah. So let's go yeah. to the next chapter in Genesis, Genesis 23 verses one and two. And Rodney, if you would, read that for us. We're looking here at the death and the burial of Sarah. I'm reading from the New King James Version. 
Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Hmm. What significant information is shared with us in those two verses? in Genesis chapter 23, verses 1 and 2, with regard to the death of Sarah. Brittany. I think we see the love that Abraham had for her as he came and he was mourning for her for a period of time. Um, so we see this, this love in their relationship for each other and this loss that he's experienced with her passing. Mm -hmm. Nisha. Um, we also see uh, there's specific mention of where she was buried, um, which is that she was buried in the land that was promised um, mm. to the descendants of Abraham. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very insightful. Rodney. We also see reference to her age. Mm -hmm. uh, if my memory serves me correct, and I stand corrected, I don't recall uh, a, a female in the, in the Bible up to this point where their age at the point of death is actually mentioned. So it is significant to mention Sarah here and her age because she's central to the execution of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Jason. Yes, and speaking on this idea of age, she's living pretty much to the point where she's had Isaac, he's growing to be a young man, and then she dies right about that point. So she literally gets just enough time to raise Isaac, and then she passes away. And I think this is significant, particularly when we look at where the story's going. Mm -hmm. So the remainder of the chapter, from the time she is buried, to the end of the chapter, the remaining ch of the portion of the chapter of 23, there's a lot about the negotiation for the burial place of Sarah. Why do you think Moses recorded such detail in chapter 23? Well, Harold? I mean, the location like Hebron also is a special location too because if you go back a few chapters in Genesis chapter 18, um, Abraham encountered like three beings and one of them was, I mean, I believe it was like the, Jesus, but without the, uh, before his incarnate form. Mm -hmm. And it was when the three, be three beings were going to go to Sodom and Gomorrah and how they had, Abraham had that conversation. So that place also has a special meaning from that respects. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my view. <laughs> Rodney, I saw your hand. Yes, and this the context here is that Abraham is really, he's a foreigner here. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to, if you read the story very clearly, it talks about Abraham talking to Ephron, who is the owner of the land that he's asking uh, for um, to bury his wife. And if you read the story, it's fascinating because Abram was asking Ephron, what is your price for the land, right? Machpelah. Mm -hmm. And Ephron was like, I'll give you the land. Do, go, go take it. Not only the cave that you're asking for, the cave of Machpelah, but I'll give you also the field that is associated with the, with the, with the, with the cave. And it speaks to Abraham's, uh, the respect that he had garnered with his fellow Canaanites, his, his reputation. Um, and, and here it is that we, we, we also, um, here in 2022, we also have the opportunity to be able to interrelate with others around us and develop that same uh, respect and reputation, not because of ourselves, clearly, 
but because of what God has done for us. So here it is, Abraham has developed this, this deep relationship with his neighbors to the extent they were offering him this cave and the field for free. Mm, thank you. Jason. Also, the details talk about a legal and financial negotiation that takes place, which Abram's basically making an investment in this place, a place that God has promised him, but yet he still doesn't actually say take ownership of. So he's acting on faith here in this investment of this burial place. Thank you, Jason. Abraham is acting in faith based off of the promise that that the Lord had given him. Mm -hmm. So again, we're seeing that faith in God's promises versus our circumstances, his current circumstances then, Mm -hmm. he had not had, he did not have the land of Canaan at that point. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we need to move on to chapter 24 because this is a powerful chapter. Chapter 24 of Genesis, And we're looking at some very specific instructions that Abraham is giving his servant as he's looking for a wife for Isaac. And we'll start our our story in verse one of Genesis chapter four and go through verse four. And Shana, if you would read that for us, Genesis chapter 24 verses one through four. And as Shana is reading, I'd like us to consider why Abraham is so insistent that Isaac's future wife should not be uh, someone from the Canaanites. Go ahead, Shana. I'll be reading Genesis 24, verses 1 to 4, from the King, New King James Version. Now Abraham was well old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Why was Abraham insistent? Jason. I believe he was looking down the line as far as descendants, and he knew in that area where he was from, a lot of idolatry took place, so he didn't want to mingle with that, and of course, God called him to do such a thing, so he was being obedient to the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Sabina? Yeah, I think once again, he's demonstrating faith on God's promise, and he knows yes. that not only he needs to make sure that the land will have space to bury as many people as God is going to bring in the future, but he also needs to make sure that Isaac is going to find a person who is going to be a follower committed to that promise that God has given first, but is going to come through his descendants. Amen. Misha. I think about in today's terms, um, when we look at succession in other countries, let's say where there are kings and queens and how much uh, uh, emphasis is placed on who they're going to marry and the impression, because this person acts as a figurehead for everyone. This is the patriarch of the lineage of Christ who is now prepping his heir to take over for him, who then needs to select the matriarch who is going to be the, the one who supports that patriarch mm-hmm. and also is an, is an emblem for all the women who are going to be in that camp. It takes, he knew the importance of selecting a wife mm-hmm. for Isaac. Mm-hmm. And so 
every detail was placed into making sure that this was the right selection, including making sure she was a woman of God. Amen. And there was further warning, right, in the next few verses. So mm -hmm. look, at, let's look at verses five through nine of the same chapter. And Brittany, if you would read that for us. Genesis chapter 24, verses five through nine. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family and who spoke to me and swore to me saying, to your descendants, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. So what did Abraham have his servant swear to in those passage, those verses? Bring the woman back. Bring the woman back. Don't, don't let Isaac's go over there and stay, right. but bring her back. Mm -hmm. I think if you Derek. put it very simply, he was asking him to promise to follow God's leading mm -hmm. yeah. because he said the angel of the Lord will, will lead you. Mm -hmm. And of course, the rest of the story is an incredible miracle mm -hmm. of is. how God does lead him. But, but I, I just want to affirm Abraham at this point because he doesn't always <laughs> ask for God's <laughs> guidance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But here he's really it's almost a prayer while he's giving the direction mm -hmm. that the, Lord, the angel of the Lord will guide you. Mm -hmm. And he's asking him to, to believe that and to be faithful. Amen. Mm -hmm. And let's see how the angel of the Lord did guide the servant. <laughs> all right. In verses 10 through 14 mm -hmm. of the same chapter. And who would be able to read that for me? Jason? The New King James Version says in Genesis chapter 24, verses 10 through 14, then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed for all his master's good were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women would go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please, Give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. All right, so what do you think of that prayer of the servant, <laughs> Brittany? I think it's very specific. <gasps> yes. And it's focused on her character, mm -hmm. the character of the woman, because someone who's willing to feed, to water a bunch of camels, that's gonna <laughs> take a long time. It's gonna, it's gonna be tiring and it's gonna be putting self aside 
right? Mm -hmm. She's probably focused on the flock that she needs to water, but now this visitor is asking her to do more work. So it shows that this person is going to be someone who is selfless and who is um, kind and hospitable and just seeing this character, this godly character. Mm. And I'm thinking right. even more than that, Brittany, someone who is also listening mm -hmm. to the word of the mm -hmm. Lord. Yeah. Yes. Because I don't think we would all have to go and work maybe several hours to water all these camels. Uh, but he's trusting that the same God that he's calling upon can speak to this woman. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. Yeah. Yep. He's believing the promise. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and he put himself in the place where she would show up, right? So the Lord was directing him. He yeah. was directing her at the same time. Any other thoughts? Rodney. Stephanie, I certainly can learn a lot from this servant. <laughs> um, if you notice that the Bible didn't even name him at this section of, of the narrative, um, I see the servant as one who was paying close attention while he was with Abraham mm -hmm. and with Sarah and with Isaac. Mm -hmm. He learned how to pray. He learned, you'll see further down in the story, he learned how to worship God. He was just following the lead. He was very focused. He had a mission. He was listening and attentive to God's word, and he was just executing along the path. It, it is an amazing story of this servant that I'm just so impressed. I can certainly learn a lot from him. Mm. All right. So, Shana, go ahead. Hearing Rodney makes me, me think, I wonder if this was the same servant who went up with Abraham um, mm. to sacrifice Isaac and saw God provide. And so this same, or if it was this same servant, he would know that that same God who provided on that mountain, mm -hmm. because I'm being very specific, this same God will provide the right woman um, mm -hmm. for my master's son. And so there's also that faith that's exhibited by that servant by being very specific and very detailed. And we'll see how God provides again. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how did he provide? Well, uh, unfortunately, if you can summarize that may not that be correct us. because he took two young men with mm -hmm. him there. And in this chapter, it says it was the oldest of his servants who mm -hmm. ruled over everything that he had mm -hmm. that he asked to promise. Mm -hmm. So, uh, unless he got very old uh, <laughs> during the time, Shana, but, but I think he's chosen this servant very carefully. Mm -hmm. And I would agree that yeah. he, this servant has learned to believe in the Lord right. God of heaven. Yeah. So he chooses the most trusted, that he's trusted to rule over everything he has. Yeah. Yes. And that's the one he's sending because he wants someone who listened to God's leading. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. And no yes. doubt that servant was knowledgeable about how Isaac's mm -hmm. all came about, right? And, yeah, he could have been he one of those aware. young men who just got to be old. Right. Yeah. Well, he was aware. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what was the fulfillment? Where did the Lord provide? How did he provide for mm -hmm. Isaac's wife? Mm -hmm. And you can summarize that. Go ahead. I see Harold and then we'll go to Nisha. Um, I, I, Oh, sorry. You can go ahead. <laughs> um, it, it just, you know, I love in verse 15 where it says, and it happened before he finished speaking, right. <laughs> God answers the prayer. Yeah. And, he, and there comes Rebecca and does all the things that the previous verses asked about uh, in, in the prayer. Feeds the, gives the water to the camels, gives the drink to the servant, everything. But before he'd even completed the prayer, which mm -hmm. I just think is 
God is like, I'm, I, I hear you, my man. Here it is. <laughs> that reminds me of a verse in Isaiah 65. Before they call, I will answer, and while they're yet speaking, I will hear. Amen. Harold. Yeah. Um, God actually was leading the servant directly to the answer <laughs> of, of the prayer. And actually, this reminds me of a quote. Uh, it's like by Oswald Chambers. He's a well-known Christian, and he says, when you're in the dark, that's the time that you need to listen to God. Mm. Because, I mean, he is, he is actually answering your prayer by leading you in ways that you, you're not even thinking about. Just listen to God and He will lead you. And actually, who knows how God was leading him along the way to the point that he ended up to the answer to that prayer right there mm. in mm -hmm. front of him. And how does Isaac respond mm. to the answered prayer? Mm -hmm. Sabina, would you take us to verses 66 and 67 of chapter 24? Okay, so I'll be reading Genesis uh, chapter 24, verses 66 and 67, and it says, And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So he accepted... <laughs> The gift, mm -hmm. right? The provision that God had, mm -hmm. um, had made. Let's quickly move on to the next chapter, uh, looking at the final chapter of Abraham's life. And we'll look at verses 1 through 11 of chapter 25. And Nisha, would you read that for us? Yes. Um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Asherim, Letushim, and Leumim. And the sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephir, Hanak, Abada, and Elda. All these were the children of Keturah. Hmm. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the, sun, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. The, there Abraham was buried, and Sarah his wife. In verse 11, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roy. All right, so we see Abraham marrying again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at the end of his life, he's buried where? When he dies, where is he buried? With Sarah. Mm -hmm. With Sarah. Where at? Please. Um, Back at, that's right, where she was buried near Mamre. Mm -hmm. All right, so we've covered a lot in this, in this lesson, but what are some lessons that we can learn, takeaways, just short, quick takeaways on the life of Abraham? Mm -hmm. Jason. That God will always provide, mm -hmm. you know, Jehovah Jireh. God will always provide. Mm -hmm. Nisha. And even if you don't understand everything that's going on at that, the, at that moment, uh, if by faith you follow, um, there is a blessing in store. Amen. Amen. Rodney. I've learned to stop depending on my own wisdom and just yes. listen to the voice of God and follow Him. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Yes, Amen. herald. Yeah, sure. uh, that our past failures do not define us mm -hmm. if we know that we are trusting the Lord because He's going to redefine us always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. Sabina. That God is wonderful and He's a miracle worker. There is no <laughs> boundaries to how far He can take us when He has a promise to us. We just need to trust and follow. Amen. Amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. So trusting in the Lord's promises, yes. not our circumstances. Right. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. And God doesn't just use famous people. We don't know that mm -hmm. servant's name. Mm -hmm. But when the prayer was answered, uh, it says he bowed down and worshiped the Lord. Yeah. And so God has men and women today. I say, can we be those men and women today yes. who will believe the promise, not just given to Abraham, but to each one of us, that he will be the Lord who provides salvation and blessing and guidance to go out and be a blessing to those around us. I want to be those kind of people, don't you? Yes. Amen. Let's pray that God will do that miracle in our lives too. Yes. Father in heaven, we've been inspired today, may, maybe not just by the primary characters, but even some of the secondary characters in these stories who were willing to say, I will trust in the promise of the Lord. And I pray today in the name of Jesus mm -hmm. that we would be women and men of God who will believe your promises mm -hmm. and have the courage to follow wherever you lead, even when we don't know the final outcome. Mm -hmm. And God, as we see you work in miraculous ways, we'll praise you and honor you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What a journey through the book of Genesis. I pray that you'd stay with us, keep learning God's plan for your life, and then go out and be a blessing to those around you.